I'm going to count down from five. I'm going to go silent at two. Not figure out how to start these episodes <laughs> properly. Um, welcome to Urgent Care. I'm Joel Kim Booster. I'm Mitra Jahari. And we are here to help you. Yes, this is our advice podcast where you come to us to medically untrained, not professionals uh, yeah. who legally are not responsible for you. For responsible for you in any way? No, exactly. You responsible cannot for, we sue are actually us. legally not responsible for anything. We no. have no dependence. We're above the law. We are above the law. This show is recorded in international waters. <laughs> so you <laughs> cannot sue us if things go bad for no, you in your if, life. And in fact, if you take our advice, then you really need help. Um yeah. you really need help beyond what we can do for you here at um urgent care. I almost, at Earwolf Boat. Earwolf Boat. <laughs> we are on the floating Earwolf <laughs> raft uh provided for people who are posing as medical professionals. Yeah. JK, we are not posing as medical we professionals. We are not <laughs> posing as medical professionals. Um we we just, you know, we have a lot of opinions and we wanted a platform to to share them. Social media wasn't enough. And <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when you get a podcast, you give um, advice, but it is solicited advice because solicited. we have people submitting to us on our Google form and through our voicemail, which we would love to have you call. Yeah, keep calling. Um, you're going to hear some of the calls. You heard some of the calls in our first episode, um, and and we love the calls. Um, just you know, be specific. Give us the details. Um, you know, we get some calls that are like. We, I want to, you know, be famous. How do I do that? That's not enough of, for us to work with. I want to be famous for um, eating a microphone. She said, <laughs> looking at a microphone. Wow. <laughs> um, How many years of improv training have you had? Before? Okay, so I pretty much did do uh, what, like six years of improv. So, <laughs> and again, so another thing, sort of nailing home that like we should not be giving advice. Oh yeah, I would say Already the thousands so of dollars I buried in it. <laughs> <laughs> is an indication that she's unwell and so, should not be listened to in any sort of um, frame or manner. But here we are. Um, we're doing it anyways. How was your week, Mitra? My week was really good. I went on vacation, which was awesome. You don't do that a lot. I do not. And I would say this is my first, that was my first real like adult vacation that I took. And what? It was okay, awesome. where did you go and why was it an adult vacation? Because you fucked on it? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to Maui and um, I went with my boyfriend and it was really awesome and fun. And I say adult only just because like I haven't gone on a vacation not with my family. I haven't been on vaca- a real proper vacation really since like going to college, I guess, uh, with family or whatever. But uh, it was awesome. It was so nice. It was very horny. It was very fun. Why Maui? I, you don't. I, I mean, and, and no offense, you do not strike me as a Maui kind of gal. I am full on. Like, I want to go to the Smoky Mountains and hike the Appalachian Trails. That's my kind of vacation. Yeah. You like? I want to learn something, or I want to go for a hike. And Ugh. this is the first. Like, I know I'm sick in the head. I can't relax. And then, so I was like, well, what's like? 
I, I sort of had a meltdown during a job and I was like, what's the most relaxing thing that I could do? And it was mm-hmm. like Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and I've never been to Hawaii. And so I just sort of, uh, in a panic bought tickets and then I was just going to Hawaii. I am obsessed with being by a beach. Uh, my ideal vacation will always include like proximity to a beach. Will never step foot in the water. Cannot swim. <laughs> you can't swim? I can't swim. Failed. Humiliated as a child. Two different swimming classes. Didn't pass. Can't swim. Oh, my um, God. Need to learn. Terrified all the time. But love to lie on a beach, read a book. Will not go more than like maybe shin deep into the water because well, I'm just too terrified. A couple weeks ago, I taught my friend how to float. If you want that. <laughs> So I'll teach okay. you how to float. Well, um, um, we'll, was ta- your... we'll table that. But I will say, uh, I uh, I had um, I had uh, an alarming incident at the airport, which I will share with you. Um, <laughs> this this I will this I will reach out to you for advice on okay. um, because I really struggle with. I think I'm good at being a little bitch to my friends, but uh-huh. I am, as you know, I'm good at being a little bitch to my friends yeah. uh, in Personal terms of like talking yeah. shit and all that kind of stuff. But in the moment, I really freeze up. Um, Midwestern mm-hmm. gal, I really mm-hmm. struggle to be witty when people are or mean when yep. people are doing um, bad stuff to me. So I was walking through the airport and I had a big suitcase with me and I was clearly struggling and this adult man and his son were walking down the sidewalk and it was just us on the sidewalk and he was walking right at me and like I had limited mobility but he was walking towards me and he was like beep 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 into my my face with his son and I was just like I wanted to be like like you're a dick you're setting a horrible example for your son but instead I moved out of the way and I was like hey have a nice day. <laughs> That's real. I did that. That's and I guess my, like, do, are, do you? So I have the same issue. Okay. I have a really, really, I have the the chronic, like, oh, if I had another chance at that interaction, I would mm-hmm. read them to filth. I would drag them so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, it's only after truly spending some, uh, my thing is I have now sort of, and this is, this is sort of lame in many ways, but I have um, sort of, lines at the ready specifically for the airport because Mm. I am in the airport so often and that is where oftentimes people are the most heinous to you and so uh, I have like very set sort of like parameters of when I can like deploy these lines and I'll give you like some of the specifics for the 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 situations I have at airports and then I'll give you one piece of general advice that I've started to uh, sort of employ everywhere even outside of the airport and so my biggest thing is that um, uh, people People boarding the plane, there are two different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. There are people with a very strong sense of justice about lines getting (laughs) boarding the airplane. And it's always a fucking cluster. Like beyond just like boarding zones, people never know like who was standing in this like sort of amorphous clump near the boarding zone. Who got there first? Who who cares? Here's like, I'm constantly amazed at the people who like freak out. I'm, I'm very team. We're all going to be on the, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. And I also not to brag, but like, I'm a frequent flyer. I'm always in like the first boarding group after veterans and people who need assistance. And it is amazing to me the amount of times I hear like usually old white men complain when they see the people who need extra assistance to, to board first. And they're always like, that person doesn't need extra assistance. And I'm like, bitch, we are in the first class 
boarding zone we are gonna we are literally truly seconds like seconds away from boarding and you are concerned about the one person who might be cheating to get on before us and i was like that is our country well, it's also like, you want to get on the garbage can first yeah it's crazy and so but my thing is i always look like trash when i am at the airport and i am the person that constantly people will be like do you um you know they're boarding first right now. Always. I'm Always. no matter where <clears throat> I am, people don't think I am supposed to be there. And I, I went to my like nice like multiple times. I w- went to a nice gym for a while. I don't anymore, partially because of situations like this where I would walk in and people at the front desk after I checked in would chase me down because they didn't think I should be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that that actually seems like maybe you need to address that. Um, okay, well, I was trying to relate to but, my friend on the podcast that we do together. But okay, I'm just gonna, so <laughs> actually, my so the th- advice that I need is what if your podcast host is a co-host is very mean to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I um I have I literally now whenever someone stops me and tells me I'm always like yes I'm very aware I'm in the same boarding group as you. Um, that's not that bad. But then people of- often times will um accuse me of cutting or being like I was in line first or something like that and now I'm like at the ready I'm always like we are all gonna get on the plane it's really gonna be okay I hope you have a better day Um, and then continue don't let them go on first like you have like you just have to and that is like truly people go and go nuts um, Mm -hmm. and insane Um, pulling out your phone and like putting it in front of their face even without the camera really sets people off. I do that a lot now at the airport where I will just pull up my phone and put it right in front of their face. Not even they don't even know if the camera's out. Oh, um wow. I but just people got truly <laughs> freak out. Um and then the the one thing that I've now started to just do that really takes people back is um I will just <laughs> Any sort of interact, any negative interaction that I have in traffic, on the street, anything like that, I will just scream like, chill the fuck out. (laughs) And like, if you go to it, if you take it to a 10 immediately, people are usually so stunned. Uh. Just like... Uh, it doesn't even matter what you say to them. As long as you just take it to a 10 as though like you seem like you're the one who's unhinged, even though they started it, <laughs> usually people will back down because they're just so shocked. I hope that one day I have the strength to do that. <laughs> it's tough. It really is against everything in my nature of where we grew up and how we did it. Because I, yes. I, uh, <laughs> I was at the airport waiting in line at Caribou in, in Minneapolis. And this is the most Slay. Midwestern. <laughs> this is the most Midwest I shit. I Caribou coffee was like the most oh, posh yeah. shit in the world yeah. when there was one like 20 minutes away from my house. Still don't even know what a fucking Caribou is. Anyways, <laughs> in, the, in the Minneapolis airport, watched a woman get cut in line. Watched her see herself get cut in line. And then he stepped up and ordered his coffee. And then she stepped up, made a full order, ordered her coffee. Um, and then as she, after she paid, after she paid, received her coffee, went to turn, turned back and went, yeah, and I was cut. Um, and he was like, I'm so sorry. And it was like truly waiting until the moment where no one can help you at this she needed, point. She needed there were several someone. steps along the way where you could have alerted them that you were cut in line and it wouldn't have mattered. Um, and yet here we are. Brutal. Brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, well, I hope that helped you. Um, do you want to get into it? Let's just. Well, how was your week? Also? Oh, my week. Oh, yeah. See, and this is again the Midwestern in me. Yes. I like. Should we just skip past me? <laughs> My week was good. I went to my best friend's wedding, um, mm. and I got to tell you, why are any movie? Why is any movie not set at a wedding? I know. I know. Like, here's the thing. I think people are like, oh, another movie set at a wedding, and and being at a wedding, I'm like, I was just thinking about this. There, it, literally, it is the most fraught, weird, 
truly I, it's insane that we still do it. Well, and it's like the ultimate stakes because you feel like you have to take care of the two people getting mm-hmm. married. And so you're trying to be on your best behavior around people that you fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people there don't know each other, don't like each other. Um, it makes everyone horny. It is just like yeah. truly upping the ante um, emotionally for every single person in attendance, and I I think every movie should take place at a wedding, um, especially now. It was t- it was weird. <laughs> um, my my big moment um, was like watching her get married and um, just sort of like being in that space and realizing how like she's been my friend my best friend since you know for like 15 years and like we're very very close and like we will continue to be close this doesn't really change anything because like I just don't think it will change much about our relationship but it did like sort of hit me while I was watching them like do you know sing to each other the the Lumineers song no Oh, home. That's the, no, that's not Lumineers. That's Edward Sharp in the Magnetic oh, Okay. <laughs> My mistake. I, it's, so sorry to I all wish. our Lumineers fans out there. It not it sad to know that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. I, I was actually truly shocked that you were correcting me. Well, it came out of me. They sang that. It was very it. sweet. And I was just sort of sitting there. And I do right now have gonorrhea in the throat, dick, and butt, the Holy Trinity. And I was like in the th- and like it's all I'm feeling better now um the it's gonorrhea personally is like if I'm gonna get something that's the one that I want to get because it's like a shot in the butt and some antibiotics and you're like you're back out there back on the field like a slap on the wrist really (laughs) in terms of (laughs) sexually transmitted diseases Um, but I was just like wow I was like sitting there and like thinking about that juxtaposed against like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros and I was like our lives are so different like she's literally seconds away from having a child and I don't think I ever want to have a boyfriend you know so it is a wild place to be although I will say I told you this yesterday Mm -hmm. I did at the wedding that is the only place now I think where it gets me because every other quadrant of my life I'm like I don't need a fucking boyfriend I don't want a fucking boyfriend I'm so happy and but at that wedding I was like oh god it would be so nice to have a plus one right now well I was thinking about that in the shower today I was like thinking about the coming and talking like doing this podcast and stuff where I was like I I get I don't even know for me if it's just weddings or if it's like hometown weddings because when it's Mm. a group of my friends I don't feel alone either like when I go to my hometown weddings I just know less people there and I'm not as close with those people as I was so like but when it's when it's friends that I have right now that are getting married, I can go alone and not care at all. See, I I actually th- think I still I went to a recent like gay wedding where I would it was like people that I am friends with and like had fun with, but the whole time I was like, oh, I wish I had someone. I just you know. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of weddings alone, and now recently I'm starting to go with. Wit and I hope oh, <laughs> it out, leave it out, leave it out. Oh, JK, it's fine. Uh, going to weddings with him, and it, I, yeah, it is, it's nice, it's better, yeah, it's better because, like, there's just like there's only so many observations you can tweet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not all of them are for the followers. Sometimes you want to just be able to lean over and whisper in someone's ear, yeah. My thing was that I would just like pick my person that I was like, this person's also alone, we're together all night, mm-hmm. and also that I would just get incredibly fucked up, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've gotten into me, um, I think we're ready. We've got we've got some doozies. I think the first one is a doozy. Let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we will jump right in with. I would say 
chills. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're back with, I will say, the voicemail of Of the the century. century. (laughs) We're um, not going to reveal the name of the caller that we've given this person. It's sort of a part of it. Um, But... um, yeah, let's let's give it a listen. Hey, Joel. Hey, Mitra. My name's uh, a moderately distant relative of mine is Robert Durst. You know, the serial murderer and star of acclaimed HBO miniseries, The Jinx. Um, I don't know him personally. I'm from the poor, uh, non-homicidal side of the family. Um, but I'm calling to ask your advice on when you think it's the right time to share this alarming fact with anyone I'm dating. Uh, I, I ask because I feel like I'd feel pretty spooked if when I was dating hid this kind of thing for too long. Um, yeah, that's my question. Uh, before I go, I do want to say that I recognize that on the one hand, it looks like I am exploiting my proximity to a celebrity murderer to get onto a podcast. But uh, on the other hand, I do want to say that I am absolutely horrified to be connected to this person, and I genuinely don't know how to handle it. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Okay. okay we so- will note we bleeped um, our caller who we will refer to fr- henceforth as Ms. Ms. Durst. <laughs> So, uh, um, said her first name. We bleeped it out for the episode because you can't you can't dox yourself like that, Misters. No, no, we got you, Misters. Like uh, giving that m- amount of information plus the the knowledge that you are related to the Robert Durst, and we people have to, be able to find you. We have to assume by now that there are forty billion listeners of our <laughs> podcast, so someone Just is to bound to recognize your safety. you. So yeah, wow. um, I would say first of all. Um, kudos to you for thinking that you're exploiting relative to get on a, <laughs> a podcast. podcast. Like, you got to set the bar higher, queen, and get yourself a reality show. Yeah, truly. <laughs> People have gotten reality shows for less. less so yeah. <laughs> get yourself Real Housewife of whatever city you are closest yeah, that to. Can, truly, that is about all you need. That is the the basement, I think, um, to get Andy Cohen's attention. <laughs> yes, at least you can be on like Watch What Happens Live. Relation Something to is going Durst. to happen. Amazing. <laughs> Mr. Sky... I guess uh, this, I don't know how you've, we haven't really talked about this beyond no, no. just saying how obsessed Shock we and are awe. Yeah. <laughs> that we are with this call um, for our own purposes. But I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I like, I, I don't know. Maybe cause I maybe but maybe it's because I've been living in this cuckoo crazy world of like freaks and, and, you know, clowns for the last decade of my life that my perception of what is weird and inappropriate has been so warped that I now am unable to recognize when something <laughs> no. is, is actually sort of out of bounds. But if I were on a date with someone and I found out years into our relationship that they were distantly related to Robert Durst, I don't know that it would like send me into a spiral about our relationship. No, I mean, it's not like he and every single person of your family together carried out crimes. <laughs> like, I think I think it's fine. I think it's honestly... Especially because like, you're poor. Especially because you're, you're not poor. even getting anything out yeah. of this. You're not like, I'm living in a mansion and it's built on dirty money. Yeah. You're like, I get nothing from this and I'm horrified by it. So to you, Ms. Durst, I say, share it. And it's, share it. You can just be like, isn't this so crazy? Because it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's a laugh line. I really do. But here's what I will say. If you, I guess like, because I'm torn on this, because if I were on a date with someone and they sort of initially launched the salvo of like, and by the way, I'm related to Robert Durst. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would almost be more weirded out than if it had come up organically, which I don't know when it would come up organically at this point. Well, if you're talking about the critically acclaimed <laughs> HBO miniseries, The Jinx, of course. I guess, you, yeah, that's what you need to do. Did you is work you, on The Jinx? Because you said critically acclaimed, acclaimed as though you had been paid to do so. I feel like. I liked it. Maybe like, like a couple of dates in, you're HBO going and chilling mm-hmm. at your house and you're like scrolling through, letting him scroll, letting him scroll through the documentaries. And you're like, babe, yes. I just want to stay in and watch an HBO documentary. And in his mind, he's going to say, mommy dead and dearest. I love you now die. Like uh, Ad- Adnan Syed is guilty. One of those. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, let's just scroll through a little going bit more. Clear. Going clear. <laughs> and then he's like, what about the jinx? And you can say, oh, actually, I don't really want to watch that one because. I'm in it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's like um, an organic way for it to come about is is scrolling through and buy the jinx. Okay, and here alternatively, here's my pitch, which is if you're on Tinder, put it in your bio. <laughs> I, uh, it's you a great either, conversation starter. It really kind of is, and I and it and doesn't I, make you look bad. It no, just makes it, it. It gives you something this interesting has nothing to, to talk do with about. you. Yeah. So if you're like new to dating someone, I say just be like, okay, here's something fucking nuts. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Also, every people love true crime. Had a crazy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will say people love true crime too. So yeah, you can be like, well, if you don't know who he is, let's watch you watch this and then let me know how you mm-hmm, feel. Unless mm-hmm. yeah, I. But don't worry about it, Ms. Durst. And I'm sorry we keep calling you Ms. Durst. But also maybe your last name is Durst. It sounds like she might have changed it. Okay. But all right, um, we've got an email now. Um, yes. Um, I can uh, go ahead and read this one. Yeah. Okay. Great. We will call this one. Um, <laughs> we're gonna let's see. What should we call this one? We're gonna call this one um, crevices so small. <laughs> um, so crevices so small. We'll call you crevices for short. I think I have Lyme disease, but I see no tick. My friends call me crazy for thinking this way, but I've heard stories where people have tick bites in their ears or between their toes and didn't find out until years later because the crevices are so small. And none of my friends will check my ears. Am I crazy? Should I go <laughs> Should I go to a doctor or do you think it's a waste of time? Now, so I want to say right off the top um that Implicit in everyone's question is, should I go to a doctor? And you've chosen to come here. And that says something about you. Also, I just want to for just reiterate that Joel and I have absolutely no No medical authority whatsoever. That being said, you should go to a doctor. If it's driving you this crazy, how have you not gone to a doctor? I think there are tests. I will say this about ticks, though. As someone who has suffered from a tick bite, I remember when I was very young, I thought I had a little scab on the back of my head. And I would, like, pick at it every day. Pick, 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 pick. And then I eventually picked out a tick. Oh, um, in the back of my skull. They had to. I had to go to the hospital because part of the tick was still like burrowed deep inside of my skull. I feel like I'm gonna throw um, up. That was the goal, and um, <laughs> and that happens. Here's the other thing I will say is I don't. If you think you have, I I am not a medical doctor. I'm not an expert in Lyme, although I am an expert in Lyme because my college roommate had Lyme, and that's basically you having Lyme, and that's basically by transitive property me having Lyme. Um, I will say that like we all did think that she was crazy too though. We I actually feel really bad about it in hindsight cuz she we I went to theater school, I lived in a house with her and she was always like I'm too tired, I'm sick and like we were all like, "Oh, what a drama queen. Here she comes again complaining about being sick or tired or whatever and she's, you know, just whatever whatever." And then come to years later, 
find out after college that she had Lyme and we were all like, oh, now we're the assholes. And so this is actually, I actually hope you do have Lyme in many ways so that you can point to your friends and say, you are Told the assholes. Ya. Told you. You're bad people and you're not my but real there are, friends. But there are absolutely tests for this. I don't know your insurance situation. Um, but I will say I do understand not wanting to check someone's ear out. And also your friends might not be the most qualified people no. to check out your ears. I would I would say definitely. Unless but the your tick might – it, it only takes like one little bite from a tick. I'm going to say. I'm going to confidently say it. It, you, the tick doesn't need to be on you still. Like you, right. you say you don't see no tick. I don't see no tick. And it doesn't really matter. I think like one little bite from the tick is all it takes. And and just to go back, even if you don't have insurance, maybe go to the urgent care. Like yes. literally. Like and not, not our podcast. Urgent care. Like you should really go literally to urgent go care. go to a local urgent I care and get a blood enough. test. Just for the peace of mind alone to like – even if you don't have Lyme, you won't be wondering if you have Lyme. Mm-hmm. You just have to go get this checked out. You must. The crevice is so small. Crevice is so small. I love they it. Are so small. Are you, were you hanging around like deer or something like that? I guess like maybe this is, again, we don't have all the context here. Maybe your their friends think they're crazy because they live in like the middle of, you know. A Milwaukee. Strip mall. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, they're, they're truly nowhere, no place you could get a tick. They live on a cruise ship. Um, mm. and there's just no way they could have gotten it, but I don't know. I think. Th- well, it- but you contacted us, so we trust you yeah. and don't like your friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the absence of being able to go to a doctor, I'm going to say, um, just start telling people that you have Lyme. Yeah. And then you don't have to hang out. Exactly. So either way, it's a win-win. Yeah. yeah. And watch, um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season four. Four or five, maybe. Whichever one Yolanda Hadid Yolanda is. Hadid. Um, there was a scandal with Lyme. And I think you can take a lo- away a lot from that season of watching how she dealt with Lyme. Yes. Um, okay. BRB. And here we go. We are back. Um, and we're going to listen to a call now about friendship. About yeah. friendship and what to do when you've got a little bit of a different outlook. Similar to you and I. Let's listen. So, uh, I have a very cynical friend. We've been friends for about 10 years, um, and this is nothing new about him, but we're both uh, getting into like our early 20s right now, and we're looking for things um, that are valuable to us, you know, sources of happiness and fulfillment, like unironically. But the problem is, uh, whenever I hang out with him, I kind of feel like my worldview is being dragged to this place of everything sucks. Uh, every creative and non-creative pursuit is equally meaningless. Um, to make matters worse, uh, he's clinically depressed and he's really had a death in the family. Uh, so what should I do? I feel like I have to support him and I love him as a friend, but whenever he makes a side comment about someone walking by instead of laughing like I used to be able to, I want to punch him in the throat. Uh, thanks. Wow, this one's tough. Um, also tough that he, even for eight, 10 years ago, this 12-year-old boy was very cynical. That's a sad picture. Yeah. Um, is a, a, a cynical 12-year-old. You well, never want to hear that, about Well, I think that, especially with like, <laughs> with the internet and everything, it's a lot, I think that's more and more common is yeah. to just like look at things to be able to make fun of them, which, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I get and find myself trying to like beat out of myself. But I mean, I would say like, First of all, I wonder if this person has talked to his friend about how 
the friend makes him feel, his yeah. cynical friend. I'm going to say um, people who have like the urge to punch people in the throat, their first instinct isn't. To, to talk. talk. Yes. I mean, and it is difficult. I, I think you're a good friend for wanting to stand by your friend despite uh, through time. their, yeah, yeah, despite the, despite what they're bringing to your friendship, which is not ideal for you because of this death in the family and their depression. But you are allowed to set boundaries. You're allowed to talk to your friend. You're allowed to spend less time with people mm-hmm. who make you feel bad because that's also part of growing up is figuring out who you want to spend time with. Right. I will also say, and this is like, this is this is a real thing that happened to me, is that, you know, I struggle with mental health issues as well. Depression is not my personal bag. But in a very similar way, I had friends who came to me and were like, we don't know how to help you. And to hear that from friends directly, that like, we can't take this on. Mm-hmm. You know, every, <laughs> everyone, you know, especially in your early 20s is going through so much shit. It sounds like you're going through shit. It sounds like he has some very concrete things with the death in the family as well as some chemical things with his own mental health issues. But, like, I think, like, it really does warrant you saying, like, the next time it comes up that, like, I I am here for you. I'm here as a support system, but I cannot be the only support system for you. Right. And helping him try and find. I mean, that's when I started going to therapy, you know, and that's what really pushed me into it is because, you know, my friends made it clear. They're like, we are here as a support system for you in these times, but we can't be the only support system for you. And yeah. that I think is like was helpful because I, I didn't feel like they were like pushing me out on my own, but it, it was just, you know, it did make me feel like, ah, I get, I see how this is sort of unfair. Yeah. Um, I have been the you for a lot of people. I have been sort of like the, um, person that, a a, su- a suffering friend places a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm the basket to put a lot of eggs in mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And I have learned that, A, me going to therapy is just as important as encouraging them to go to therapy. I kind of thought that since I mostly had my shit together, I didn't need to go to therapy because I wasn't feeling as bad as other people. But you, def- you should look in. I think everybody should go to therapy, mm-hmm. at least for a period of time. Just see what it feels like to talk to someone about how you feel. I also think, like... You're at a time when you're trying to figure yourself out. You, If you don't know who you are, you're not going to be able to – you definitely can't fix your friend uh, as much as you might feel like you're able to. And if you should not want to punch your friend in the throat yeah. <laughs> when they make a joke. <clears throat> it's tough. but you, And, and I, I will say don't stay friends with this person out of guilt alone. You know, like if there's – you really need to interrogate yourself and say like, is this someone that brings value to my life? Or is this someone that I feel because of time? Because I'll say your friend feels it too. I yeah. bet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really important, I think, for you to to figure out uh, for yourself is is how valuable this relationship is to you. And nobody wants to someone to be their friend just because of guilt. Yeah, but if you can talk to your friend before you write off your friend. Yep. All right. What's this? Um, so we have a, uh, a tense dating situation, um, an email. I'll, I can read this. I can, I can read this one. I can read this one. Um, my ex's current girlfriend is stalking me. She contacts me on Instagram using fake accounts. It's really weird. I block ignore, but she keeps making new accounts. I haven't contacted the ex in years. I don't want to make my account private because I need it for my business. My instinct tells me I should continue ignoring so as not to encourage more contact. Sometimes I wonder if I should just reply and tell her stop and see if that works. 
Well, I should, or if I should keep ignoring, right? Um, sincerely creeped out. So creeped out. I think you've been ignoring it. This is what I think. I think you've been ignoring it. If you haven't told her to stop yet, you should do it. I would try once. I would try once too. Here's the other thing, and I don't know if this is bad. This might just be my lack of experience in this general field. Maybe contact the ex. I personally, if I were in your position and you, even if things didn't end like beautifully with your ex, if your ex doesn't like hate your fucking guts, which I'm sure they don't. Or if they were like, if it wasn't toxic, if it wasn't completely toxic the way things ended and he's not a completely toxic person. If it feels safe in every sense of the word enough to contact your ex, let them know because I bet chances are your ex's current girlfriend is not being like, LOL, look, I'm making a new account so that I can scare the shit out of your ex. So, I mean, I, I agree. I think you should, if I were in your position, I would say, I would contact, I would say, please stop doing this. And then if it didn't stop, I would contact the ex. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I get that saying please stop is like the move here, but I'm also like, isn't that what she wants? It's so fucking crazy to do that. I mean, it's like really violating and intense and it's a lot of effort to do. I like, I just don't care about anything that much to like make a new account. You have to do a lot of work to make a new account. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, this is happening to you. The fake accounts is full psycho. Also, screenshot everything. Screenshot you have everything. To screenshot everything. I, I want to put a call out to our listeners too. Anybody who works at Instagram, can you get like an IP blocked, like a phone blocked? Like, can you get like? I wonder because this has got to be violating the terms of service, and I don't want to be an arc. I mean, Instagram and Facebook do such a good, good job, job of controlling of protecting and- their users. There is nobody on this planet. Same with Twitter. I mean, I am so grateful for the messages that I receive on a daily basis. The <laughs> litany of requests for me to end my own life God, every single day. People sort of universally adore me on those platforms, but and um, I would say same. So I would say trust in the process. Yeah, trust in Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> trust in. Zuckerberg. And that's the last we'll say on it. Trust in Zuckerberg. Thank you. Good. Bye. My God. All right. And um, now we have um, uh, another call. This one, um, a little bit of a geography question for us. <laughs> Switching it up. Switching it up. Hey, guys. Uh, I am an American and I'm married to a British woman. And we are trying to decide, like, you know, where to live for the rest of our lives. Uh, we're currently in the States, uh, living in Chicago. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of debate about, uh, you know, quality of life and, like, raising kids and things like that between the two countries, uh, the U.K. and the U.S. And uh, basically both of our countries are kind of falling apart with Trump and Brexit. So... <laughs> We really don't know what the future holds for us and uh, any advice you guys can give on whether we should stay in Chicago or move to the UK uh, would be great. Thanks. Okay, so I, for one, think that the answer is clear. So clear. To, to both me, of us. To crystal clear. Yes. To okay. both of us. To both of us, crystal clear. Because you got to stay in, in Chicago, Chicago for the, the Improv! improv! Yes! yes! 
was Chicago is the comedy sports. Of America. Second City. Uh, the annoyance. annoyance. The playground. The playground. <laughs> All of them are there where I don't the know. Crowd. I don't know what the improv scene is like in UK. CIC. CIC. How could we forget? So we just listed off, I'd say, a solid seven. Gorilla Tango. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just don't know enough about the improv scene in the UK to know if no. you should move there or not. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is an improv scene in the UK. I mean, I can. I could, there definitely is an improv. There, scene I in mean, the UK. whose line is it anyway? Was originally a UK show. So we so know we that, know that there it is does improv exist in the UK. But I will say the Chicago improv scene is still Superior. where it is at. And so if, when you're deciding which country to stay in, I know that that was the main factor in my experience. Mm-hmm. I currently live in LA, but I commute to Chicago multiple, M- multiple times, a times a week for classes. Two connections. She goes through. Yeah. She flies into Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Detroit, yes. then Detroit to Chicago. It's very confusing, but it works for No, you. it works for me. Um, and, you know, the, I think the most important thing that you can do is, um, you know, pursue a career long past the point of anyone wanting you to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm doing with improv. Yeah. And then uh, I'm doing sort of like a similar thing. I'm sort of coming into it late. I do take a train to from L.A. to Chicago <laughs> every week. <laughs> It's about um, 36 hours on a train. And I spend that 36 hours rereading. Truth and comedy. Truth and comedy. (laughs) Thank you for knowing a book. It's actually sad that you you were able to assist me in knowing a book about improv. Right there, tip of my tongue. Um, Um, Yeah, so I hope that helped. I don't know who Trump or Brexit is, mm -mm. but I... I Are are those mod teams? Oh, I actually do think Brexit is a house team at um, UCB Hell's Kitchen. Okay. So this, I think, is universally funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Congrats on your British wife, Bragg. Yeah, I know. Okay, so you're married to a model. Yeah, you're married to Hermione. You're married to Hermione model. Hermione model. First name Hermione, last Last name name model. model. (laughs) All right, I think we solved it. Um, We've got one last email um, to get through before the end of the app. One last lonely soul to help. And I am excited about this question because I have some good I have some good ideas for this person. Me too. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and read it. So our question is, how do I get out of my head during sex? I can't stop thinking about what the quote steps are and being a, being careful not to do anything weird. I got so anxious in parentheses high during sex recently. I cried and it completely weirded my partner out. Too long, didn't read. How do I get over sexual performance anxiety so I can enjoy myself and orgasm? Sincerely, Charlotte from Sex in the City, specifically the episode about her vibrator. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, this is something that I relate to because I am in my head during sex a lot as well. And I um, I famously have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Flashback to the beginning of the episode where I talked about gonorrhea. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess this is this is the question because my initial thing when I first read the first sentence, I was like, drugs. Um, mm-hmm. This is what helped me get out of my head. And then she did talk about being high. And that getting you anxious. And that, so. and that got her more anxious. So I guess I, I'm assuming the drug that she tried was um, marijuana. I would guess. I would guess. Um, that is, the, is what got her too, so anxious that she cried. I would say maybe try a dissociative, like a ketamine. <laughs> um, like... 
<laughs> not for everybody, but maybe snort some K and then give that a try. Because I this is like a legitimate problem that I have. Not necessarily anxiety because I know I'm good at it. But my thing is like I can't I can't stop cracking bits. Like I can't stop think I can't stop thinking of jokes. Well, and that's insecurity. And that is, yeah, no, I can't turn that part of my brain off. So I need because like, that's very like something that you're cocktail. in control of, but yeah. that you know that you're good at. Yeah, and so I have the same problem, and that's why I prefer if I'm going to be having sex like a dissociative or to be blackout drunk. Um, and so those are my two sort of where I'm coming from is like either get so. Um, out of your mind fucked up on some substance that you're sort of like <laughs> falling through a wall. Like and this if, was prescribed to you by a medical yeah, professional. Yeah, this, this is what, this is this is totally sanctioned by the ADA. Yeah, and the FDA. <laughs> and the FDA. Is to get, I, uh, the best sex I've ever had is when I know I am so out of my body that I feel like I'm falling through a well and I'm sort of just like <sighs> having to be like, and like I've literally done this during sex is like I'm in another place and I'm sort of like my father's name is Ken. My mother's name is Janet. My brother's name is Sam. Today is June 16th, 2017. The day is Wednesday. Like if you like just constantly having to sort of run through facts of things that I know because I'm so off kilter and this and and I don't feel any anxiety about the sex that I'm having. If right, because you're in. in a completely different dimension. Yeah, I'm in a coma. <laughs> okay, well, for me... And so that's my <laughs> sort of two cents. Um, and, you know, I obviously do the exact same thing most of the time. <laughs> um, but for me, I know I am... I, I, I don't have I, – I really had this problem a lot, um, especially when I was first starting to have sex. I was just thinking about my body and what I was mm. doing and if I was, like, doing sex right. And uh, I'll just say, like, you should – for me, what help, what started to help me a lot was, like, I would spend time – masturbating figuring out like what made me feel good so that I knew when I was having sex like what I liked and what turned me on because that was a huge part of it was just not knowing that about myself and I was like well how are they going to make me feel good and also just remember that like people are doing the thing that they want to do which is having sex with yeah. you and they think that you're hot I will say that it. I think people are worried about being bossy or demanding when they know what makes them, what turns them on, what they want mm -hmm. in sex. But I can say, and I think everyone feels this way. If someone tells me what to do during sex. It is an immediate relief to me. Relief, and it's so hot. Yeah, it's so hot. It's so hot when people know what they want, and it's like uh, it never bothers me. I'm like, oh, thank God you. Yeah, it's know. like, oh God, okay. I was like, I don't want to lay like this anymore either. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> Great. Okay, like my arm has been numb yeah. for a minute and a half. We can move. Perfect. Like, and you know, and the the person you have sex with is is sort of important too. Like, I you know, casual sex is not for everybody. It was not meant for everybody and I'm, yes. I'm so blessed that like I was gifted with the disease that I have in the head that I can enjoy it responsibly <laughs> and um, sort of you know um, everybody is sort of on the same page when I'm doing it but maybe you just need to know and be comfortable with the person as a human being before you move there and I think like there's no judgment you know, I, I feel like there's like a pressure to be like, I'm progressive so I can have sex and know my body. I don't know if this is your deal or not, but I'm just saying just sort of generally that mm -hmm. like, uh, just like, it's not for everybody and that's okay. And you're not a prude and you're not like conservative. You're not a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian. Okay? <laughs> also, I want to say that, I want to say that real loud and clear. 
not having casual sex does not make you a Christian. Also, sometimes when I'm feeling like really anxious about anything, I'll just be like, I'm going to pretend that I'm a really confident hot person because mm, <laughs> yeah. like, well, I find myself feeling like an ugly loser when yep. I'm nervous about stuff. So I'm like, okay, so for the next hour, I'm going to be a confident hot person. And it works. I'm like, I'm going to answer that question like a confident hot person would, which is like, do you like that? And I'm like, yeah, but you know what I would like better? <laughs> or like, yeah. whatever it is. Take like, an acting class. Take an acting class. Take an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> move to Chicago. Take I an guess, improv yeah, class. Yeah, I guess our advice for you would be to move, move to, Chicago, to Chicago. Take an improv yeah. class. Again, sort of implicit behind all of our, our answers <laughs> is always move to Chicago and take an improv class. So I hope this helps. Move to Chicago. Take an improv yeah. class. Um... Yeah. And here we are. You got here this. Here we are at the end of our episode. This has been Urgent Care. You guys, if you have um, questions of your own, of your own. Like, if you have questions of your own, then. <laughs> if you have questions of your own, um, or if you um, have, you know, if, if you thought we didn't get to advice that you thought, you know, somebody, if you're a Lyme expert and you'd like to call in and give us some um, and correct us, how dare you, first of all? Oh, and if you have ideas on where um, Joel can store his drugs, drugs when again, he's just wearing a call us 323 334 0371. That's 323 334. Four zero three seven one. We would love to hear from you. Keep sending us your questions. Keeps um, letting us ruin your lives. <laughs> that's all we really ask. Um, I'm Joel Kim Booster. You can find me at I Hate Joel Kim. Mitra, where can they find you? At Tweetra Johari. That's J O U H A R I. And this is Urgent Care. Thank you, producer Dana. Woo! Thank, thank you, Earwolf. Goodbye. Bye.